Matthew chapter 9, and I want to look at verses 35 through probably 37, uh, we'll be looking at here. And uh, we'll be looking mainly the theme tonight of, of to be like Christ. Um, I believe that's what we're going to focus on. We'll see how the Spirit uh, leads uh, tonight. But it says here in our passage, And Jesus went about all the cities and villages, teaching in their synagogues, and preaching the gospel of the kingdom, and healing every sickness and every disease among the people. But when he saw the multitudes... He was moved with compassion on them, because they fainted and were scattered abroad as sheep having no shepherd. Then saith he unto his disciples, The harvest truly is plenteous, but the labors are few. This evening as we, we look at this passage, I know it, it tends to be a familiar passage for missions. Don't let the familiarity uh, turn you off. Uh, I, if you're anything like me, I grew up in church, and I heard uh, I've heard more messages than I could even count. And sometimes uh, a pastor will go to a certain pastor. Like, oh, I already know what he's going to preach, and I turn my my ears off. And and please, please be turned to the Holy Spirit as of what He would speak tonight in regards to this. Let's pray, dear Heavenly Father. We thank you for the privilege to be in your house tonight, Lord. We thank you for everything you've done over the course of today. We thank you for being so good to us. Father, we don't deserve it. We don't deserve one thing you do for us, and yet you bless us beyond, above and beyond every single day. And uh, everything good and bad, everything that you allow us to, to, to have and to experience. And we're just, we thank you for it. And uh, Lord, we ask you, please speak uh, through me in these next few minutes. Guide me by your Holy Spirit. Give me the words you'd have me to say. We love you, Father. We thank you for everything you're doing and you continue to do. In your name we pray. Amen. Here, uh, the message tonight is titled, To Be Like Christ. It's what I want to bring our minds to uh, this evening, to be like Christ. Here in this passage, we see the life of Christ. And I did mention this briefly this morning, but the life of Christ. And reading through the Gospels, you read about the life of Christ, the, the man that was a man and God at the same time, and a very unique individual with that. But when you read the life of Christ... Uh, there's so much to learn and, and, and to study about uh, this man. But I believe this passage kind of compresses it all together, if you will, without getting into a lot of scripture to see his life and what was it all about. And just kind of tells us what his life was all about and, and more specifically his time uh, of ministry here, time of full-time ministry. As you see here in this passage in uh, verse 35, it says, And Jesus went. Jesus went. Where did he go? It says here he went about all the cities and villages. So essentially he's going to everywhere there's people. What was he doing? It says here he's teaching in their synagogues. He's teaching in the place where people would come on Saturdays typically at that time and to be to learn from the Word of God and be challenged with the Word of God. And uh, then he said, goes on to say here he's preaching the gospel. He's telling people how they can get to heaven. And then thirdly he's healing Every sickness and every disease. So Jesus, we see here, first of all, in verse 35, it starts off with saying, and Jesus went. Jesus went. And, and I don't want to take too much time here, but if you look at the life of Christ, you see a life of a man that was 
active, very, very active. You see the life of a man that Monday through Monday was serving God. You don't see an example. And by the way, Jesus uh, is the, the, the supreme example, if you will, of how we are to live our Christian life. And the, the, we look up, all of us as, as Christians, as God's children, we look up to certain individuals, right? Certain people, we look up to our pastor and others, and we follow them and we learn from their teachings. And, and there's people we look up to, and then we look to Scripture, and there's, there's individuals in Scripture we might identify with and and we, we, we look up to and we admire and everything and, and we try to be like, but the, the number one and the greatest of all was Jesus and, and, and Jesus and, and how did he live? And it says here, Jesus went. And when you see the life of Christ, if you read through the gospel, you'll find a man that was consumed with advancing his father's kingdom. Consumed. You, you'll find a man, you're not going to find as so many Christians today live, uh, live uh, uh, from Monday through Friday or Saturday one life and then Sunday a supposedly spiritual life. Well, I go to church on Sunday, I serve God on Sunday, I'm righteous on Sunday, but uh, come Monday, tomorrow morning, it's like for so many Christians to just clock out and life is, has a completely different purpose. You won't see this in Jesus. You won't see that example. Uh, you see a man that day in, day out, every single day of the week, he's doing something to advance his father's kingdom. And I see, I, I, I draw that in. I think, okay, how does that apply to me today? I understand we don't, we're not all going to necessarily be uh, paid to serve God full time, or we don't all have a serve in certain capacities, and we're not all going to be missionaries. And, 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 and a lot of us, we, we got to go to work, you know, Monday through Friday. And we work 10, 12, 14 hours a day, and, and then we have a family to take care of and, and the responsibilities of life and so on and so forth. And, and sometimes you can ask yourself the question, well, I see Jesus did this, but how, did, how does it apply to me? I mean, it doesn't make sense. I, I got to, you know, do all these things, if you will, in life. But I, I believe what applies to us is the, the, the essence of what he did. If I say it, the, 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 the reason why he did what he did, not exactly maybe how he did it or, or the, the exact method or, or timing or everything. It's what he was doing. He was Jesus' primary thing in and through everything he was doing was working to see his father's kingdom advanced. Everything he did was about that. Whether you, you, I think of Jesus and I think of him and the different examples in scripture and I think of him uh, uh, with, with the disciples. And he's there with the disciples and, and scripture tells us how he spent uh, those years with the disciples and he picked them, he chose them and he, he trained them and he's spending time he can to teach him of the word of God and, and to instruct them and help them learn the things that they are to learn. And we know that they went on to turn the world upside down afterwards and were highly influential in seeing the gospel go to the ends of the earth at that time. And I think of Jesus, every moment he has, he's, he's with them and he's working with them and he's instructing them and he's teaching them and how we need to be looking for every opportunity we can to be maybe with our children or with, with family or maybe with coworkers and looking for every opportunity to teach the word of God and the things of God and the, and the ways of Christianity and what God shows in his word or how we are to live and so on and so forth and, and what God shows us. And we are to look for every opportunity and be as, as, he, as he says there, he's teaching 
the Word of God. And it's one of the three things that he's teaching in the synagogues. And then I think of Jesus and I think of him on the hillside and he's preaching to thousands of people at one time. What an incredible thing. And to the masses, and I, I think of him as everywhere he goes, he's healing people. And he's doing, essentially that translates to us in, in modern day, he's doing good things uh, for people. And, and, and everywhere he goes, he, he finds someone with some sickness or some disease or something, he's healing them. And he's, he's giving people their eyesight back and making people walk again and, and, and cleansing the leper and so on and so forth. And he's doing all these good things. By the way, uh, not all those good things were done to Christians. And sometimes we get so caught up we can't do good things for others that aren't of uh, the faith. And by the way, we are to do the, the best for those uh, that, are, that are in the family of God. God is very clear on that. But we see Jesus did so many good things to even people that probably didn't even deserve it. And he's doing all these things. And then I think of Jesus and I think of him as the man that would go out of his way to tell one person, one person like the woman at the well, or the maniac of Gadara. And, and he was so focused, and day in, day out, and his life was all about seeing his father's kingdom advance. We see, obviously, the, the accumulation, all that come together at the cross. And we obviously know that store and everything, but everything in his life was all about that. And I asked myself this question. If that's the example we see in Jesus Christ... A man completely consumed with seeing his father's kingdom advance and doing anything and everything possible within his power, within his capability at that time uh, to see that come about. How are we living today? Are we living a life that is, that is equivalent? Even though we do go to work maybe 10 hours a day, five, six days a week, or even though we do have uh, children and families to take care of and responsibilities, but our, is, our, is our purpose in life, is it about seeing God's kingdom advance or is it something else? I find it sad to say for most, if we really dig deep into our hearts, our purpose isn't to see God's kingdom advance. Our number one purpose isn't. We're good people. And we're here at church on a Sunday night. I bet we're all, this is a great crowd of good people. And, and we love the Lord and, and we try to do what's right and try to please God. But, but, for, but for so many of us, this thing of being consumed to seeing God's kingdom advance is not a reality. And this thing of focusing on, on doing everything we can is secondary instead of primary. And by the way, it can be primary. And you say, Benjamin, how can that be if, if you know, I, I'm not paid like maybe I, I, you know, we pay our pastor. Yeah, he, we pay him to serve God, to live for God and to, to preach and to teach and, and so on. And that's great and that's fine. And, but, you know, the, the scripture is very clear that, that telling others about Christ and living a godly Christ-like lifestyle is not for just the pastor. It's not just for your pastor. That's for each and every single one of us as God's children. Every one of us. It applies to all of us. And no exceptions. And, and if, we, if we seek to be that individual that, that draws close to God and seeks to be used to God and seeks to be consumed with seeing God's kingdom advance and how can I make a difference, uh, God can take each and every one of our lives and together as a body in Christ, as the church, God can use us in, in miraculous ways and see the gospel go forth if we make that our priority. And, and I believe that way we can do that it first starts off with our heart. We see here Jesus' heart was all about reaching the lost. 
every time you read about him, you see a man uh, with a heart that is just completely inclined to that. I believe we start, if we are to incline our heart to God, we should start it when we get up every morning. If nothing else. And then I, I try to keep this practice in my life. Every time I wake up, the first thing I do is just thank God for another day of life. And, and the second thing I do is say, God, would you please use me today? Would you please use me to see your will done? I'm not perfect. I'm the first one, by the way, to fail at everything that I'm talking about. The very first. Every single day. And I get caught up in life and caught up in responsibilities and, and this and that and all the things that need done. And, and then the things that shouldn't be done and the things I enjoy doing and this, that and the other. And, and, I, and I get so caught up in things. But we need to sometimes just stop and say, what is my life all about? What am I focused about? Am I trying to at least have a heart that's inclined like Jesus Christ's heart was? You know, Jesus Christ was, was consumed with this one matter. And yeah, he did a lot of things. But it was all about seeing his father's kingdom advance. And we can do the same today. We can do the exact same. We can get up every morning and ask God, God, I, I want to do your will. Would you please help me to do your will? I mean, we might not understand. We might not know how. We might not know what. We might have, not have a clue. And that doesn't matter. But if we draw close to God and say, God, would you please use me? I want to be used to see, to see others come to know you and see your kingdom advance and to see your name glorified. God, would you please use me? Would you please help me? I, I guarantee if we stop and ask God, God will work in your heart to show you from his word and you'll hear from the, from the teaching and the preaching here at the church and so on and so forth. And he'll guide you to his perfect will in that sense. And he can use you in a special way. With that We move on here in, in our passage and you move on quickly here. And in verse 36, look at me, verse 36. As we see, first of all, in verse 35, Jesus went. Jesus was busy about the things of God. Secondly, verse 36, it says, But when he saw the multitudes, he was moved with compassion on them. But when he saw the multitudes, and I don't know exactly at what point this was in his ministry. Honestly, I haven't studied it in depth enough to try to pick out exactly when it was. But it's very clear, some, it, he's busy. Doing his father's will, as he should, and as we should. He was busy. And then at some point in that busyness, in, in, his, in, his, in his serving his father, living for, for his father and so on. And at some point in all that, he lifts up his eyes and he sees the multitudes. He sees those that are in need. As, as pastors mentioned today at lunch, your eye affecteth your heart. And he, he raised his eyes and he looked and he saw these people and he saw these people going to and fro that had, they, they, were, they were not going anywhere essentially. They're, they're trying different things, they're doing different things, they're, they're searching here and there, but they're really they're not finding the truth and they're not drawing close to God. And he sees this and he's moved with compassion. Moved to compassion. Moved to compassion there means, if we look up the definition, moved to compassion means, I think I have it here, he had his bowels yearn. It should feel sympathy, pity, to be moved, moved to compassion. That move to compassion wasn't just any, any just general moving. It was something deep within inside, deep within. I'm sure you can identify in different times of life when you felt a deep longing 
for something to happen or for someone to hear about Christ or for someone to get the truth or for someone to realize that they're wrong and, and they're going down the wrong path and their life's going to be destroyed. And, and sometimes when we see these things and, 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 and there's a deep from way down inside, I don't know how else to describe it, that, that we long for them to know the truth. And, and some of them, we don't know how to verbalize or what to say or what to do, but we had that, that's what happened to Jesus that day. He saw the multitudes and he was moved with compassion. Let, let me draw you to the attention to the order here. Verse 35 says, And Jesus went. Jesus was active, serving God. Verse 36, He was moved. With compassion. So the order here is Jesus was number one active, and then came the moving. Then came the emotion, if you will. And if you find in Scripture, you're going to find that the Christian life is designed to be lived by faith, not emotion. So many people today live in emotional. Christianity, a high, a high here, and they go to church and man, I'm at the top of the world, and yes, and I worship God, and man, I feel so close to God, and then they go home and it's all over. The Christian life is designed to be lived by faith, not by emotion. And we see here the example: Jesus was living. And by, by, by the way, faith is action. Faith is action. Faith without works is dead. Faith is action. I don't have time to get into that tonight. But faith is action. So Jesus was taking the action. He was busy doing his father's will. He was do, busy doing what he was supposed to be doing, right? He's trying to get to people. He's healing people. He's teaching the word of God. He's preaching the gospel. And then at some point in and throughout all this, he lifts up his eyes and he's moved with compassion. That emotion came. Let me illustrate this. I'm going to illustrate this a few different ways and we'll close tonight. Hopefully, hopefully it's clear. Um, when I moved back to the U.S., I, I started a landscape business in Iowa, and I really enjoy working outside under the sun, and I particularly enjoy uh, landscaping, and everything goes in with that. And um, the, one of the unique things with that is when you get involved in landscaping, I can't help to every time I go up to someone's house, I look at their landscape, and I give my instant evaluation of what it is. And how good it is and what its problems is and maybe what it needs to be fixed and so on. It's just how my brain works these days because I spent so much time focused on learning about that and working in that, in that realm, if you will. But I remember with that, you, you go to, I'd go to sometimes at a client's house where maybe we had installed a, a new landscape in their front yard and, and mulch and plants and it was beautiful. And I'd show up maybe, I don't know, three months, six months later and I'd see, I'd see a weed there. And I'd go naturally, I'd, I'd pick up that weed and I'd get rid of it because, you know, you don't want a weed there. You want it to look nice and the weeds kind of ruin everything. And, and while I pick up that weed, I notice over there, you know, there's, there's, an, there's another one. And many times before I, I take the, I just go knock on the door, hit the door, but I'll go, I'll go, I'll just, you get rid of that one real quick. Oh, here's another one over here. So I get rid of it. And before I knock, I spent five minutes pulling weeds, right? And did I need to do so? No. But here's what happened. I was busy. And, and, and my work, and while I was busy, I was focused on something, and I realized, oh, there's a need to be taken care of. There's some weeds that need to be pulled. And I pulled those, those weeds there, and then we went about our day. And now, here, let me illustrate it in another way. When I'm at home, which isn't very often these days, uh, since we're, we're full-time on the road, but um, I, my wife has made it very clear to me I'm a little bit of a clean freak. And I didn't think of myself as that, but uh, we've had uh, many discussions and uh, come to the realization and accepted it that this is just who I am. 
and uh, and uh, in just different areas. And um, but uh, going throughout my day at, at home and uh, just doing the chores and different things that need to get done. Uh, as I walk around the house, at some point, sometimes I might see uh, a, a speck of dirt there on the carpet. And, you know, it doesn't bother me at first. I don't think anything of it. Honestly, it, it, I, I got more important things to do than to pick up a piece of dirt in the carpet. And um, But I go on, and as the day goes on, I might walk past it two or three times, four times, and then it starts to bug me starts to get on my nerves. And I'm like, man, they think he needs to clean up. And really down deep inside, I'm hoping someone else will take care of it. But, you know, it's it, sometimes so and sometimes not. But, but I'm the one that's, don't forget, I'm the one that's a little bit overboard maybe and, and worried about such things. So I, after a while, I just get, just get carried away. I've got to be taken care of. So I, I go get the vacuum out. And I get it up and running and I start... Uh, sucking up that piece of dirt there, and I'm, I'm excited because I'm getting rid of this. It's bothering me all this time. It's been on my nerves. I get rid of it, and while I'm doing so, I notice, oh, over here, there's another piece. Okay, well, my advice, I'm already vacuuming the floor. I might as well just keep going. So I, I get this other piece over here, and while I'm vacuuming here, oh, over there, there's some more. And so I keep going, and I'm not talking about a, a really dirty house. I'm just talking about just, well, here's what happened. There was one little piece, and when I put my focus on cleaning up that one little piece, and I'm focused on the carpet. I'm just, I'm really concentrated on the carpet. I realize there's more. And, and, and I realize there's more. And I'm like, well, I'm already doing this. I might have ways just do some more. There's no point in stopping one little piece. I might have ways do more. And here's what happened. I was moved with compassion to do more. I was moved with compassion to do more. And by the way, uh, the Christian life, uh, we are commanded to go to the world. We are commanded. It's not, God doesn't ever suggest in his word, well, if you feel like it, live for me. If you feel like it, tell someone uh, about me. And, and I really like for you to tell, you know, God says, go ye into all the world. And many times we are commanded to go. So there is a command. It's not like there's, there's a general need and there's something that maybe should be done. No, God, God it has commanded us to take the message. There's a need that needs taken care of. But many times, if we're not involved, if we're not doing something, we don't see the need. And if we don't see the need, realistically speaking, we're not, we're not moved with compassion to do something about it. But here's, here, get this. If we're doing something, if we're serving God, doing our part, then we see more of a need. And because we're already doing something, God moves in our heart and compassion and we're moved to do even more. And here's, here, here, here's, here's, um, here's what happens. In and through all this, I found in my life, when I'm busy trying to do God's will, when I'm busy trying to draw close to God and trying to please Him and trying to do what's right, God opens to my eyes to what else I can do. And the Holy Spirit speaks to me, Benjamin, why don't you do this? And then why don't you do that? And I moved naturally, compassion, if you will, and to do more. And I found it a joy. I get to serve God. I get to live for God. I get to do this and that. And before you know it, you're doing way more than you ever thought you would do or could do. But before I started, I could look in and say, oh, I could never serve God in that capacity. I could never do this or, or no, no way, you know. And from the outside, we, we 
kind of convince ourselves we can't do things, we're not capable of things, or, or we look and we don't even see a need. Some of us, we just don't see a need. We're like, everything's great. And we don't realize that, that you know, that the church does need cleaned regularly. And sometimes I've, I've, I've shown up at church there back at home and I find, oh, the church needs clean. Well, I, I wouldn't have known if I didn't show up early. If I just showed up for just church service, someone else already did the cleaning. But if I showed up early, oh, wow, this needs done. And I start doing this and I realize, oh, that needs done. And then and so on and so forth. We, we can go on and on and on and illustrating this fact. We see Jesus was busy about the things of God. And somewhere in the fact about busy doing his father's will, he's moved with compassion to do more. And if today you say, Benji, you know, I don't, I don't really have that, that drive that, that really want to serve God, really want to please God. I, I don't really have it. Well, maybe we need to go back and start at the beginning and ask God to guide our hearts to be more like his and to do his will. Or maybe you're at a point where you're already uh, uh, serving God and you're already doing different things and you're trying to draw closer to God and please Him and do His will and, and, and the Holy Spirit's tugging your heart to do more here or there or in specific areas. And the Holy Spirit's working to try to draw you to do more in different things. Let me, and, and so on. And we just got to take that next step, whatever it is. And we're all here at different levels of spiritually and so on and so forth, the maturity. And, and the Holy Spirit's working in each and every one of our lives. And, uh, and it all starts with first being active. Let me tell you one story here and, and I'll close uh, tonight. Um, 2017, 2017, uh, I was in Mendoza. Mendoza is a different part of Argentina. And uh, this is the story I alluded to this morning that I said I might mention tonight. But I was there, and um, during this time, I was obviously living in the U.S., and I'd gone to visit family for a few weeks, and I was on my way back to the U.S. I missed my flight and got stuck in a different part of the country for a week. And, um, and uh, I got to spend a week with another missionary there, and we had a great time with him. And I remember the, the very next day after he picked me up at the airport, um, he said, uh, Benjamin, uh, how about we go and knock on doors and tell, tell people about Christ, invite them to church and so on. And um, I said, why not? I don't, don't really have anything better to do. So we did. We went out. I remember that Monday morning we started and we, we went to neighborhood and we started uh, knocking on doors or typically you clap your hands in Argentina and the people come out, we get to take God's word and, and show them how they can be 100% for sure they'd be in heaven someday. And, um, and, and each and every door, maybe take 15, 20, 30, 45 minutes and, 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 and going through the gospel presentation, trying to be very clear and thorough and, and telling these people and, and this message that God's commanded us to go tell. And, and in doing so during that week, we spent uh, roughly... Roughly four hours a day for about uh, four uh, days that week, if I, if I recall correctly. And during that time, we couldn't get out of a four square block radius. Four square blocks. I could almost guarantee we could go out tomorrow and do four blocks in an hour or two here, more than likely. And, uh, and, and just about anywhere for that, for that matter. But this particular place is a unique place. 
people in this this particular city who had a, 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 a unique tenderness to God and a desire to want to know the truth. And it was such a it was such a unique thing to to get to spend the time that week and and to to try to get in the message. And it was so exciting to see the receptiveness and so on and, and so much so. Like I'd never seen in my life. I'd never seen even anywhere else in Argentina. So, so people so receptive to the things of God as in this one particular place. And I remember uh, in doing so, we, we had a great time that week. And that weekend, the missionary said, Benjamin, I want to show you the city God's called me to work in. So we went out and took a tour of the city. And a city of over a million and a half people. We started at the southern side of the city and started driving up the interstate. And... Um, as we toured the city, uh, we saw different places. And um, I remember on the southern side, at one point, he points off to his left. And he says, Benjamin, I want you to look over here. Here's a section of the city that lives about a quarter million people. And to my knowledge, they've never heard a clear gospel presentation. I remember we went on that day for a while. And um, another section of the city. Second time, he points off to his left and he says, Benjamin, look over here. Here's another section where there lives about 250,000 people. And I don't think they've ever heard a clear gospel presentation. I remember that day as we got that evening, the far north side of the city, get to another suburb. And he points off to his right. He said, Benjamin, I want you to look over here one more time. Here's another section of the city that lives about 230 plus thousand people. To my knowledge, most of them have probably never heard a clear gospel presentation. And that day God broke my heart. I remember thinking that day, these people will probably never hear. And I remember just going back to his house and I, I couldn't get over it. I was so broken. And I remember going to the room I was staying in and and, and just I laid there on the bed and I cried out to God. And in a way way of speaking, I was pointing my finger at God and, and, and accusing him and saying, God, it's not right. God, it's not fair that all these people, they're probably going to end up in hell because there's no one to tell them. And then after time of me talking to God and, 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 and so on and so forth, he brought this verse to mind. Look here at verse 37. Verse 37 says, Then saith he unto his disciples, The harvest truly is plenteous, but the labors are few. The harvest is plenteous, but the labors are few. I remember he brought that verse to mind And the Holy Spirit made it very clear to me that it's not God's fault that these people would never hear. Not God's fault. You see, at that time in my life, I was living here in the U.S. I was involved in in, in business. I was making good money. I was having a great time. I was involved in my church. I was trying to do what's right. But I wasn't really in God's perfect will. God had made it clear to me years before that he wanted me to serve him in Argentina. And I was just kind of pushing that off. I said, I'll do that later, God. I want to do my life first. I want to have my pleasure first. Let me do my thing first. And I'll, I'll serve you later. I do want to serve you, but let, let me do that later. And God, took, God had me miss my flight and be there that week. 
and, and, and all these things happen. And we get to go out and, 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 and present the gospel. And then a missionary shows me all this. And I remember thinking about it. And I asked myself the question, what if we didn't go out and knock on doors that week? What would have been my response? I guarantee you, because I, I know my response would have been this. There's need everywhere. And that's the truth. There is need everywhere. But, get this, because we were actively trying to do our part and what we knew to be right, to try to get the message to other people, we were busy about the things of God. God moved my heart with compassion. It wouldn't have happened if we weren't busy. And if you're not busy serving God today, if you're not busy doing your part of whatever God has for you and your walk with God and your service to God, you don't expect to just someday uh, for God to move in a special way. It's not going to happen. It all starts with taking that first step and saying, God, I want to be used to you. God, I want to do your will. Would you please help me? And drawing into God's will and, 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 and pleasing Him. And, and in the middle of that, at some point... God will move in your heart, be moved to compassion, and you'll be drawn closer to God, and you'll do even more than you ever thought you're capable to do to see God's kingdom advance. I remember that day as we were there, and as I prayed, and, and, I, and God, God, God said, Benjamin, it's not my fault that these people won't hear. Benjamin, it's your fault. It's your fault, Benjamin. And I realize that Dave is true. You see, Jesus Christ has paid the price on Calvary. Jesus Christ has fulfilled his part. He's done his part. It's all complete. It's all done. You can read all about it right here. It's all said and done. Nothing else needs to be done. And, and, and Jesus Christ has already done his part with such great sacrifice for the world. The Bible tells us, for God so loved the world, a love we can't even explain, we can't even comprehend. He's not willing that any should perish, Scripture says. And God made it very clear to me that day, Benjamin, it's not my fault. It's not that I don't love those people. It's not that I don't want them to spend eternity in hell. The problem is, is you are not willing to do my will. And so many of us have found uh, we get caught up in this life of doing our will, not God's perfect will. We get caught up in doing our will, and, and we're good people, and we're here at church, and we serve, and, but we're really, we, we, God's tucking at our heart, and God wants to use us more, and God wants to do more with our lives, and He's trying to draw us in, and His Holy Spirit continually speaks to us, and, and we keep pushing it off, and we just like, no, I want to do, I want to do my thing. And because we keep pushing back to God's Holy Spirit that's speaking to us, there's many around the world that'll never hear. Never hear. Not because God doesn't love them, but because we aren't willing to be used of God. You see, the world depends on us to take the message. Scripture says, how can they hear without a preacher? We saw that this morning. How? How will they hear? They won't hear. I, we see in, in, in Scripture that, that uh, 
the, the, the angels would like to be here, would love to be here, proclaim Christ. God in his sovereignty doesn't allow it. I don't know why. It's not for me to question it. And, and, and I personally have this belief, and this isn't Scripture, this is just Benjamin's, Benjamin's idea, but we see in Scripture twice, I believe, that God has allowed animals to speak to man. I believe if God allowed animals today to speak to man, they proclaim Christ. Scripture tells us His creation worships Him. But yet, God has given us the duty. God's given us not just the duty and the, and the commandment. God's given us the privilege to live for Him and to take that message to the world. And we keep pushing back and say, God, no. God, no. No, I'm comfortable right where I'm at. Just don't, 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 don't mess with my life. Don't mess with my job. Don't mess with my family. No, I, I'm, I'm, I'm here. I'm just fine right where I'm at. That was me in 2017. After God used this, this, this time, this experience, if you will, I remember that day I said, God, I'll do whatever it takes. Would you just use me to get the message to these people? I think of Argentina, and I'll close with this. Argentina today, 937 people on average passed into eternity. I don't like to think about this, but I have to. 937 people, just today alone, the country of Argentina. And I ask myself the question, if we figure, just statistically speaking, 90% have never heard a clear gospel presentation. How many of those 937 are in heaven? How many? Heartbreaks. I think probably not very many. And day, today come and goes, and tomorrow will come and go, and the next day, and every day, on average, 937 people in just that one country. Not, not, we talked this morning about the world. Not talking about the U.S., not about any other country, will pass in eternity. And the vast majority have never heard. But yet, we live our comfortable lies with everything God's given us and blessed us above and beyond what we deserve. Thank God for it. And God just wants to use, as we see in Scripture, how His Holy Spirit longs to use. And by the way, He continues to work today. God just didn't just do His part on Calvary. He's still doing His part today. Every time you feel the prick of the Holy Spirit saying, talk to that person. Invite that person to church. Hand that person a track. Every time it's the Holy Spirit still trying to work today. God does his part. God loves the world. And all we need to do is we need to say, God, here I am. Would you please use me? I don't maybe understand. I don't know. I don't, I don't, I don't, I don't quite know how, what you could do. But would you please help me to live a life that is focused about seeing your kingdom advanced. Some way, some form, some fashion. And I guarantee if you start or continue to draw closer to God in that sense, God will open your eyes and you'll be moved with compassion. And He'll use you in ways you can not even imagine to see the message go forth. Thank you for listening to Pastor Jamin Wickler from Legacy Baptist Church in Buffalo, Minnesota. 
More information about Legacy Baptist Church and a library of sermons are available at www.legacybaptistchurch.net.